0: book two chapter eleven of the traitor by thomas Dixon jr this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by michelle fry book two a woman's revenge chapter eleven a voice in warning two days passed without a word of hope for john on the third morning after his dismissal by stella he sat pale and listless at breakfast scarcely tasting his food while susy watched his drawn face with keen sympathetic eyes an hour later she entered his office you promised to let me help you she said quietly i have come he looked at her a moment and wondered why he had never before seen her striking beauty a tall figure with exquisite sylph like lines a serene and perfectly molded face with straight thoughtful brows shadowing the tenderest gray-blue eyes and a crown of luxuriant auburn blonde hair he caught at once the sincere sympathy of her mood as he pressed her hand i never saw you so beautiful miss susie or your face so sweet and restful she blushed and looked out the window i can't tell you how i thank you for coming i think we must have been brother and sister in some other world before this the corners of the girl's lips twitched and she turned her tender eyes full on john's you are in love with stella yes and she has rejected you no we have quarreled and she refuses to see me or read my letters she loves you i've hoped so i don't know she lets me feel it without words we are friends what can i do see her and beg her for god's sake to let me call at least to read my letters will you go to-day immediately thank you he cried again tenderly pressing her hand you must have loved too miss susie perhaps i have was the soft reply Write your message and I'll take it. John seated himself and hastily wrote, My dear Stella, from the bottom of the heart crushed with anguish, I ask your pardon for my lack of faith. Your pride was right. Give me a chance and I will show you what the trust of perfect love means for me. I await from you the words of life or death. John Graham Susie promised to return at once with her answer she knocked at the door of the old Graham house with a strange conflict raging in her own breast She hoped to succeed for the sake of the aching heart of the man She had left and yet mingled with the fear of failure was the half-mad wish that Stella might reject his plea Aunt Julianne's face was troubled as she greeted Susie Tell miss Stella that I'm very sorry to learn of her illness and I trust she can see me a moment Yes'm, I tell her, but I's feared she ain't well enough. Aunt Julianne returned immediately, smiling. She said come right up to her room, Miss Susie. Susie was shocked to note the change in the beautiful young face lying still and pale against the white pillow. I'm sorry to find you so ill. Yes, I suppose I have nerves, she said, smiling wanly. I didn't know it before i think some of them must have snapped but i'm better now i'll get up this afternoon i have something that will help you if you will take it stella's brow clouded and her eyes wide and cold assumed a sinister half-mad expression you have a message from mr graham how did you guess it he has tried every other possible way i wondered if he would stoop to this stoop what do you mean to use you for such a purpose and why not you ask that of me the great brown eyes pierced Susy's soul certainly then it's all right she said with a light laugh you must receive his message Susy said you've won the heart of the noblest man i have ever known a great beautiful measureless love don't turn away from it you may not know it's like again the full lips smiled curiously I've brought you a letter from him you must read it Susie pressed the letter into Stella's hand and turned away to the window she heard the rattle of the paper as it was opened and refolded and walked back to the bedside before she could ask Stella's answer her eye rested on a letter in Ackerman's handwriting lying open on the white covering she started violently but managed to suppress an exclamation only that morning she had received herself a letter from the young northerner declaring his love in simple honest fashion she couldn't believe her eyes at first but a second look convinced her of its reality what puzzled her still more was to observe beside this letter a sheet of paper on which was drawn the diagram of the hall with the minute accuracy of an architect's plan with ackerman's notes interlining it what shall i say she stammered in confusion Stella looked at her with a momentary start smiled and answered tell mr. Graham I have received and read his letter I'll think it over this evening and reply tomorrow then I'll go said Susie taking her hand I'm so glad I saw you as she turned through the door her eye again was drawn irresistibly to Ackerman's letter she returned to John Graham's office stunned by this puzzling discovery john was bitterly disappointed in the message she brought her long stay had raised in him the highest hope his own surrender had been so complete and generous that he could not conceive it possible that she would debate in cold blood for twenty-four hours the question of her answer it seemed heartless and utterly cruel he rebelled in fierce futile protest he did not try to conceal the bitterness of his disappointment from susy and was too selfishly occupied with his own grief to note the constraint in her manner as she hurried home from his office even before he had found words in which to thank her for the delicate service she had rendered him he sent for alfred and got word to aunt julianne that he wished to see her at her cottage after supper he knew that alfred had taken advantage of isaac's long absence to renew his calls on his former love when he arrived at nine o'clock aunt julianne had placed a pot of coffee and a plate of tea-cakes on a little table for him what's the matter honey she asked i'm in great trouble aunt julianne well mammy's baby knows who to come to when he's in trouble she said tenderly she had always called him baby this bronzed hero of battlefields his thirty years meant nothing to her except increasing faith in his manhood since the day she first took his baby form in her arms she had watched him grow in body and spirit with a brooding mother pride you must talk to miss stella for me he said get close to her aunt julianne you're a woman and tell her all the good things you remember about me you know better than i do you understand? Make her smile again and get her to see me. Now you sit down there, sir, and drink dat coffee and tell me what you doin' gwine round here moping and pining your life out all about a gal don't care two straws whether you's a livin' or dyin'. I'd be shamed myself, great big man like you is, what fit through de wall and everybody say gwine to be the governor some day. Can't you get her to see me, Aunt Julianne? He interrupted earnestly drink dat coffee and then i tell you it's too hot for coffee i'm not hungry tell me now drink it for mammy boy i wants the grounds i'm going to tell you something when i looks in the cup i see the vision last night to humor her john drank the coffee in silence she took the empty cup studied its message and looked into john's face Yes, honey, it's just like I see it last night, and I warned you, I see two pretty gals, a fair one and a dark one. Both loves you, but there's one of slippin' up behind your back with a shining knife in her hand. Her long black hair is hangin' loose on her white shoulders and all twisted like snakes. I see her hide the knife in her bosom and slip her arms round your neck. She kiss you and blindfold you with her curly hair and slip the knife from her bosom and stab you through the heart mammy's baby mammy's baby the black woman's voice sank to a weird whisper full of tears and wild half-savage music as she seized john's hand don't come to the house no more master john she pleaded and why not he asked sharply cause i look again in the vision and i see her face plain and it was hers whose miss stella honey i warns you she don't love my baby keep away from her rubbish aunt julianne you've been having a nightmare i see it all dis as plain as i sees you now i warns you <laughs> i'll risk it john laughed i'm hoping for good news to-morrow please say your prayers for me to-night yet in spite of his culture and the inheritance of centuries of knowledge the voodoo message of the old nurse shrouded his spirit in deeper gloom he walked home with a new sense of dread in his heart wondering what answer she would send him to-morrow End of Book Two, chapter eleven